Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 210. Over the last several podcasts, we have been looking at the various elements of Passover and how the Jews down through the centuries have kept the tradition alive and the commandment alive that God gave to his people when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage. God said in Exodus chapter 12, I never want you to forget who I am, our relationship, and what I have done for you. I am fulfilling a promise that I made to your fathers, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that one day after a season of centuries of bondage and being a stranger in a foreign land, I'm going to bring you back into the land that I gave and promised to your ancestors. And indeed, the Passover celebration is a remembrance every year and all of the elements that go into it to retell the story over and over again to every generation. You see, if we do not pass on what God has given us, then it will soon be forgotten. Any generation, any lineage is only one generation away from forgetting all that has happened in the past. We have seen that down through the centuries with nations that have forgotten where they came from, who they are. The end was they didn't know where to go in the future. And so God didn't want that to happen to his people. And so he commanded them that they remember each year in the spring of the year that it would be the beginning of all months to them that to start with, they would remember how they came into existence as a nation and how God delivered them from bondage and slavery, how he made them a free nation in their own land, and how he brought them out with a strong and mighty arm. And so we have been looking at the various elements of that celebration, because remember, even though God told them to do this, he did not tell them how to do it. He did not tell them how to pass it down from one generation to another. He just told them what elements to include. And so ever since Moses came down from Mount Sinai, then people have been trying to figure out how can we do this so that every aspect and every element of God's goodness and mercy toward us, how would it be that we would pass it on? And so I have been discussing with you the Haggadah, the ritual, the storytelling, and how it is done to every generation the same way. Because you see, every generation needs to have the same story. It has to be that way. Because the moment we veer off and start adding our own details, we have gotten away from the truth. And the truth is recorded in God's word about how it is done in the Torah. It is listed. And so the Jews began down through the centuries to form a ritual, a liturgy, that this would be passed down correctly. And so I've been going over those with you. Remember in the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, God said four times, I will, I will, I will, I will. 
And so there was a ritual of four cups or the taking of four cups. Doesn't necessarily have to be four cups on the table. We do that, again, for illustrative purposes. There needed to be four distinct times. Wine needed to be taken. The cup needed to be held up so that there would be a remembrance. It was a special time of remembering certain aspects of the Exodus and the Passover. And so the four cups were named. They were the cup of sanctification, the cup of judgment, the cup of redemption, and the praise cup, the Hallel cup. We're going to continue to go over those in detail, but the entire meal was built around this unleavened bread and the taking of wine and this crimson-colored liquid that represented the blood of the lamb, just as that matzah represented the body and the sacrifice itself. And so this was a ritual that came about and was handed down. And so the meal was built around the taking of these four cups and the eating of the matzah and the eating of the meal. So two cups were done before the meal. Two cups were done after. And there were rituals that were concerned with each one of them. And we've talked about the ritual of the four questions. We've talked about the elements that were on the table. There was another element that was given before this second cup was taken, and it was the head of the household reciting the story of the four sons, one wise, one wicked, one innocent, and one indifferent to the Passover. This would help him to explain how people in families react and how people within the nation react to the Passover meal itself. For instance, the father or the master of ceremony would say, the wise son asked, what are these testimonies, statutes, and judgment which the eternal our God has commanded? This provides an opportunity for instruction about the Passover. You see, the one that seeks to know and knowledge and ask and researches, that is a wise son. And so the story is told. And again, this is so that the story can be reiterated as it would have been to the wise son. The second son would be the wicked son who asked, what do you mean by this service? Notice he uses the word you, indicating that he does not include himself as being part of the Passover meal. It seems that every family, save the grace of God, has some kind of trouble with children. And it doesn't matter who it is. Look at Jacob. Look at Abraham. Look at Isaac. And down through the ages, it has been the case. Look at Abel. You see, sometimes we begin to judge families when there is trouble with the children. The fact is, uh, when a child, even though they are brought up in the way of the Lord, when they become of age where they can make choices for themselves, then God looks at them a different way, and we must look at them in a different light because they will be held accountable for their own sins. We might not bring them up and will not bring them up perfectly, but when a child chooses their own way, that cannot be just traced back to the parents. That person has to bear responsibility for themselves. That is never more needed to be taught than in our own generation. But there's always that wicked son that says, you, 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 instead of we, including himself. And then there's the innocent son who asks, what is this? 
because there is that sense of innocence in saying, what is this all about? You see, sometimes children just really want to know, I don't get this. Can you explain this to me? And this affords an opportunity for, again, the father to teach the child. The indifferent son does not ask. Therefore, he must be told and instructed by his parents. These four sons represent just some of the various personalities that are going to be dealt with, but really they sum up the four ways that people look at this. Some really want to know and seeking after God. Sometimes children just turn away from the God of their fathers. The scriptures are replete with stories of that. And then there are those that are just innocent. They're naive and they need to be instructed and taught. And we need to be gentle and careful with them. And then there are those who are apathetic. They just don't care. And they don't want to be a part of anything except what they're doing. And even that they're not interested in. And so all of this was part of the Passover meal. And then there was the discussion of the 10 plagues. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast simply because it is something that God used to teach his people that he can do anything that there is no hard heart that cannot be broken. God could do the impossible, and that's exactly what he did. No one in the ancient world, not even the people themselves, believed that God would do what he did in the way that he did it. God always surprises us, it seems. Even though he tells us he's going to do something, our faith is so small, our trust is so small, that when God does something, remember, The Apostle Paul talked about that for those of us who are followers of Jesus. He said in the book of Ephesians that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. That is three different adverbs that tells us about God's doing. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, listen, or think. You see, we can't put God in a box and say, well, this would never happen because that's never happened. A lot of things had never happened until God did them, and that'll be the way it is in the future. Because you see, God shows himself to us, even in something like the Passover. But he also shows himself to us every day of our lives if we will just open our heart to him as we walk on the way. This is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.